better it perfectly earlier. So my ears must have shrinked a little bit. There you go. That's much better. Excellent. Yes, Easter, thank you, Vaughan. Right. So, who was all at the gathering yesterday? All right, there's some hands going up here. And I was very excited when Andrew started sharing the word because I was, it was clear to me that God is busy speaking uh, not just to us as a congregation, but to Josh Jen as a whole and where Josh Jen has come from and where it's going. So there's a vision and what it looks like and it was about serving. And so last week, can, who can remember what Roland preached on? <laughs> Slavery. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> Help Leon. Why do, we exist? Why do we exist? And the three main keys. Can we can remember the three main points. Why do we exist? Was anybody here last week? <laughs> Love God. Love people. Make disciples. Alright, so today... I'm going to be focusing on that aspect of when we love God because of what Jesus did for us. He gave us direct access to the Father. And there's this relationship, and we were singing about the Father this morning. When we do that, when this love is growing, we will start to, it will start to overflow in our relationship with the people around us. And there's this command to love people and then making disciples. And that's why I was excited what, about what Andrew shared yesterday. About, it was about serving. And serving is about making disciples. Can everyone say make disciples? Okay, so if you want to know what the topic for today is, it's, let's, let's, I just want to think of a, a, a good one. Um, We'll, we'll call it commanded to make disciples. Not just the aspect of making disciples. We are commanded to make disciples. Can you say commanded? And it's a, it's a heavy word. Not just go and do it if you want to. If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are commanded to go and make disciples. So some of you are sitting here and saying, but... Yeah, but uh, I'm this type of person, I've, uh, and this is my situations, and um, I'm not ready to do that yet because I still need to be discipled. And so, I just want to tell you that since since the day you were born, you are a disciple. And everybody's brains are working overtime now because when you were born, a lot of people were looking at you. They go, "Oh, cute, cute face, beautiful, look at that smile." And I'd still do that, and I'd say to the little ones, look, you've got more hair than me. <laughs> and, uh, and then only the parents smile. And now and then the little one will, will smile. But you are born a disciple. And as you grow up, everyone's looking at you. you know, then you go to school, and the kids, they look at you, they look at what you do, how you do things, um, are you honest, are you dishonest, are you lying, are you this? And so people look at you and you start to shape and form other people whether you want to or not. Amen? Right, so 
We are born a disciple. The question is, who are you following? Because when Adam and Eve was in the garden, God didn't give them a choice about whether they want to be a significant influencer or whether they want to be um, a disciple. He gave them a choice. They either follow him, they either choose him, or they choose Satan. He gave them a choice. You either choose God or you choose Satan. So today you might be sitting here, but because there's people, I've heard people, but I'm not a Christian. Um, I don't really you know, believe in God. Uh, but I also don't f- f- believe in Satan and I don't follow. No. God created everything and He gives us a choice. And so all young children as they grow up, they will come to a place where they're going to make that decision. I only made the decision when I was 27 years old. When my life was busy to fall apart. God just came in at the right time. And I, and I made the decision. But up until then, I was a disciple. But I wasn't a disciple for Jesus. I was a good person. I was a nice person. I did good things. I thought I was a good husband. Because I looked at how the world says you must be our husband. And when I found out what the Bible said, what God said, I, was, I found out that I was totally, totally, totally wrong. And I had to learn how to be a better husband. I'm still learning. It's a process. Ne, Angelique? I'm still learning. You, you're showing me well. And so, whether you want to be or not, you're a disciple, but we all do it differently because God has given us all different gifts, and we'll unpack it a little bit later. So, can you put up that first scripture for me, please, Matthew? Matthew 28, 16 is well-known scripture that everybody knows. If you don't know it, you will get to know it now. In verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, everybody say, Go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Say, Obey. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. And Jesus makes a promise there. He says, if you do these things, I'm with you. And so, what does making disciples look like? Well, it's very easy. Jesus has given us the three steps there on how to do it. Go and make disciples. Baptize them and teach them. So I've also got three points today. Go. Everybody say go. Everybody say baptize. Everybody say teach. Okay, I'm going to ask you next week. If you don't remember, there's problems. <laughs> and uh, so just before I get into the points, I'm not really a guy that loves cars um, and enjoy cars. And I think they have one purpose, and it's like to take you from point A to point B. 
And uh, I've been through a couple of cars in my lifetime. And, uh, but then I started visiting Rudy. Rudy, where are, where's Rudy? Oh, there, there's Rudy, Rudy. And, and Rudy is a car guy. And I know Sean as well. Sean, where's Sean? Is Sean here? Is Sean here? Sean is also a car guy. But I started visiting Rudy, and every time I visited him, he, like he, show, he just showed me the cars. And then next time I went, he showed me more. And every time I went, I was a bit more interested. I was like, I was a bit more starting to like cars and antiques and stuff. So can you put up that slideshow for me? So they sent me a couple of pictures of what I saw and what happened when we were there. And so they've got all different kinds of cars. They've got um, old cars. There's racing cars. There's... Uh, uh, what's uh, antique cars? There was, uh, there's just, this is just some of them. But this was some of the cars that were standing in the, in the garages there. And there was minibuses, and there was uh, 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 what's the old Volkswagen buses, and they were, they were beautiful, beautiful cars. But then what happened is, if you can just stop there, just quickly, just stop there. Go to the next one. And then there came a stage where he actually started, he didn't just show me the cars. He actually opened the bonnet, and I was like, whoa. You know, I thought an engine is an engine. And then I saw, but there's different engines. So the cars are different. They come from different backgrounds. But the engines are different. There's big engines, there's small engines, there's built-up engines, there's souped-up engines, so you can carry on to the next one. And the next one, you can see all different sizes of, of engines. But what, and, and then he showed me his tools, and I thought, wow, how amazing is that? And just, just on the tools, when I asked him, so I asked him something about a car, about, about um, Angelique's grandparents' car, and, and uh, he said, let's get the book. So he went to take off the book. So he doesn't have it on the phone, he's got actual books. And I thought, wow, how amazing is that? And, uh, but then he, he opened up the the bonnets. But he just didn't just open up the bonnet. Can you play that video for me? He started the engine. Can you, have you got that video for me? This is just a quick video. Warren, can you put the sound up a little bit? Is the sound. <laughs> And that's just a short video. But when I was there, when he showed it to me the first time, he first started the engine and then had to get to a certain temperature. And then he started revving it. And he didn't only rev it, he limited it. How does a, how does a car make when it's limited? Mark, sir. Who can do that? We can see Mark. Yeah? Vaughn can do a motorbike one. Eh? <laughs> And then, and then he said to me, I said, kijk how exhaust uit, of flamma uitkom. And I was thought, yo, how amazing is that? And uh, so can you guys see where I'm going with this? Different cars, different shapes, different, different engines. Same tools. Same manual. I know the cars have got different manuals because of different makes, but God makes us all, each individually, a different person. We've got different thumbprints. 
We're all individual people. And He deals with us differently. And as disciples, we are called to show people the heart of God. So that they can do what? So that they can serve, obey Him. But it's no good in just showing them the cars. You've got to pop the bonnet and show them the engine. Show them God's heart. Because once they understand God's heart and how God loved us first and gave Jesus for us, they will build that relationship with Him stronger and stronger. And it's, everything comes from a place of love. God loves us first. When we love Him back, there's an overflow into the lives of others. And so as people come into the church and we invite people and, and uh, maybe invite people to our homes and they start to hear about God and when you've heard yesterday what Andrew said is we're a church that does things differently but we do it according to God's word. And when I say differently, we, differently the right way. That's what all of us aim to. So people will come in, they'll be in different places, and then they will learn as they start to serve. And as they do that, they become, as Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. And he commands us to go and make disciples. And so let's look at what that looks like. First one is he says, in verse 19, he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. The emphasis is not so much on go. The command is make disciples. But there's something in going. Rudy had to go some places to go and fetch those cars. Some of them came to him. Some of them dropped by him. Rudy, am I right? You had to drive and go and fetch some cars. So there was efforts. He had to go out and go collect some of the cars. And he had to bring them in. And he had to use his tools. And he had to fix them. And some of the engines got small spaces. Some of them got more spaces. And, and how many times have you hurt your hands? It's, it's painful. Yeah? You can look at his hands. It's hard work. And a lot of knocks and a lot of scratches. Is that right, Rudy? Yes. And so, but there's something in going. And so, Jesus was the perfect example for us. But he said, go into all nations. And so those of you with yesterday would have heard that Joshua Generation Church is going into all nations. And God is doing something amazing as there's a going. And so I want to say to you, there's an opportunity for you to go. If you feel like that is something that, that God has laid in your heart, get your passports ready. Start to save money because there's an opportunity to go into the nations. But if that is not for you, you can go to the other side of the dinner table, to the other side of the coffee table. I know some of us here like the coffee shops as well. We used to joke that if we thought it's going to be a, a difficult thing, you, you go to, rather go to a public place so that there's no, that there's no heated situations. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But... Not all of us will go to the other side of the world. But Jesus has placed you strategically where you're at to go into your workplace, 
to have people over at your homes and go to the other side of the coffee table, the other side of the kitchen table, and just share life with them, listen to them. And what did Jesus do when Jesus went? He met people where they were at. He went into the situation. Zacchaeus on the tree. He was trying to see Jesus. And Jesus stopped. He was trying to get his attention. And he called him by his name. And he was so touched by Jesus that he gave away half of all his possessions. Because it wasn't about these possessions anymore. About having it was about having Jesus. The woman at the well, he met her where she was at. And a whole town got saved when he met her where, where she's at. Let me tell you, you can sit with someone at a coffee table in your home and share your testimony with them. And they can be so touched by your testimony that they want to meet this Jesus that you have met. That a whole family can get saved. Any nageslag, but just opening up your home. Opening up your coffee table. Maybe just by listening. You don't even have to like know. Even if you're a young Christian and you're still learning the word of God. You can just listen to somebody. Sometimes my wife said to me, Donnie, but you're not listening. I said, but yeah, but I hear, yes, you hear me, but you're not listening. And I still struggle with that. So I'm still learning to Listen. But just by listening to somebody, by hearing them out, say, listen, I don't know how to help you in this situation, but I'm praying for you. You put your hand on your shoulder, says, Jesus, by your might, by your power, come and do something supernatural. Pray for a testimony in this person's life that your hand will break through. In their workplace, in their finances, in their marriage, in their relationships. And I'm just saying, I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen. So go. Going is one of them. You can go where people are at emotionally, where they are spiritually. Try and understand where they're at. And as we listen, we enter their lives. Build relationships. I remember Michael Eaton, late Michael Eaton. He was up in, I think it was DRC. And he said before he, he would build relationships and, and love and encourage and pray for people, but before he spoke into someone's life, he'll go into the villages, he'll go and stay where they stay, he'll eat what they eat, and he'll sleep where they sleep so he can understand this situation. And sometimes we have to do that. We have to understand people's situation. There needs to be a grace and, uh, so that we can pray for them and which we can go into their situations so and that we can understand it. What about going and taking someone food? I, I'm actually going to ask this question here. If you are here today, and you've somewhere in your journey with, with, with us been blessed with food 
or you have taken, blessed someone with food. I'm actually going to ask you to put up your hand quickly. Just so, look at all the hands. Look at all the hands. And my hands is also up. And, and I used to be a very pride person. I said, no, no, don't worry about the food. And uh, yeah, you're laughing because she corrected me. She says, don't rob people of being a blessing. Receive your blessings. So you can take people food. There's many ways that you can disciple by going. Because people look at your actions. Hey, that person's actually doing this. That person's doing this. Checking the time here. But going means entering people's world with Jesus with a goal of introducing Jesus into their world. And so we, there's ways of doing it, and I know we can unpack it a bit more, but the, we can ask questions. Where is your relationship with God? There's different questions that you can ask. How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing emotionally? There's a testimony that I want to share, but I'm actually not going to go there, just for the sake of, of time. But Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. And I like what uh, um, Andrew said yesterday. He said, give love even when you get nothing back. Because your reward is in heaven. And sometimes you will have rewards here. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yes? There's a certain joy of, of giving and so there is a blessing of, of receiving that, but our, our, our blessings is, is in heaven. And then we make disciples. And I, I, Actually, if you can put that scripture up for me, Romans 12, verses 4 to 8. It says, Donnie, but I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, to start or, or, or what to do. And this scripture was used yesterday as well. And it says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many from one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use his portion of it to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. You know, I started finding out what my what my gifts, abilities is so that I can disciple by starting to serve. Yeah. I looked at the church and I said, and I, I met Jesus and I was so excited about this Jesus that I met, that I experienced, not just met, I experienced him. And I was like, Jesus, where can I serve? What can I do? And there was a gap on the sound desk and the overhead projector. And then I did that and I started, became a children's church, myself and Angelique became children's church teachers and uh, and as we just served where we can, God started showing you, me, what my gifts, abilities, and talents are. And I'm standing here today when my biggest fear was public speaking. And God is using me in this, in this place and saying, God, I will serve you. I will serve you where you've placed me. And so... Jesus gave his life up for his bride, the church. And so where can we serve in the church? So if you don't know 
what your gift, ability, and talent is yet. Just ask the, ask the leaders or, the, or um, anybody, any one of the leaders, the common leaders, where can I serve? I'll get to an, another one just now. If it is teaching, let him teach. Children's church teachers. I, I'm telling you now, we, we actually need children's church teachers. So I'm going to use the platform to throw the net out there a little bit. Uh, where's Leon? Is Leon here? Yeah, he's here. So, so I'm going to throw the net out. If you want a disciple, I don't, I don't know, Yohandre, still, I, I can't remember if it was your testimony, you said, you'll never forget a children's, a, 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 when you were um, at children's church. I, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, no. I can't remember. But I've heard so many testimonies of adults saying that there was this one teacher, and I'll never forget this thing that they did. The, the teacher didn't even know. Or the youth leader didn't even know. They just did something to explain the bigness of, and, the, and then they grow up and say, I'll never, I've never forgotten what this teacher did. You'll have an impact without knowing. you discipling. And you don't necessarily have to teach. You can just be an assistant. Say, I want to come and help, and I'll, um, whatever the case is, there's ways for you to get involved. It's a very good place to start. If you really want to preach one day, teaching children is a very good place to start. <laughs> All right. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. We didn't do the stewardship this morning, so I'm just going to go a little bit in here quickly. All right. Um, yesterday, Andrew said to the one, one guy that contributed quite a bit of the finances for the new building, he said, and he walked with him when they walked through the building in, in Durbanville, he said to him, you know what? Because of what you did, your inheritance, you'll have an inheritance of people, children that's going to come through here that would have ended up drug addicts and lose their lives meeting Jesus here and be becoming on fire for Jesus. There's an inheritance. And so in our giving, whether it's a lot or whether it's a little, you are, through that, you are discipling. Because everyone that sits here, I always say our giving is tangible. Because if it wasn't for Jesus, this, I wouldn't have known any of you. And I still need to get to know a lot of you. But it's tangible. Because lives are changed. Marriages are changed. Relationships are changed. Broken homes are changed. Addictions are changed. Because of Discipling. What is there? Let them give generously. If it is leadership, let them govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So, if you want to be become a disciple, you've got to go. You've got to take a step. Maybe that step is serving. Find out where you can serve in the church. I want to encourage you, if you are a part of Joshua generation. You said, I want to walk a road with this church. I want to encourage you. Find out where you can serve. Andrew shared wonderfully on it yesterday. It's not certain churches where 10 or 20% do 80% of the work. 
We, want, we need all hands on deck. We need all to be disciples. We all need to be serving somewhere. Because purely, not because I say so, Jesus, when you're a Christ follower, when you accept him, he commands you to serve. And Jesus himself said, he, he came to serve us. And he showed us how to do that. Now, Andre, you're still, you're still with me. All right. <laughs> All right, so the second one, I need to move on. The second one, baptizing. Verse 9 says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. Baptism symbolizes a person's union with Christ in his death and resurrection and declares that union in a very open and public way. Say open and public. We aren't saved by getting baptized, but baptism is an important step of obedience to Christ. And Jesus declares it to be an essential part of our, of our making disciples. And so a lot of people see this thing, oh, I've, I've, I've given my heart to Jesus, and then the next step is I've got to get baptized. But it's such a, it's, it's like, it's, it's almost as if it's, a, it's such a big thing to do because it's, a, it's this big declaration um, of, of it's, a, it's taking that big step, crossing the line of no return because it's such a public thing. Let me tell you, water baptism and being a disciple is both private and public. It's a public declaration of what Jesus has done. He showed us how to do it. Actually, if you can put up Romans 10, verses um, 9 and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth, confess is public. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, private. Can you see? Public, private. That God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. If you're here today, and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're not yet water baptized. The eunuch, when he read about it, he said, where's the closest water? He wanted to be obedient. I want to encourage you. Don't wait because you think it's such a big thing. Do it out of a place of obedience. Do it publicly in declaring that, God, I want to be obedient to your word. I want to get water baptized. Are you all good with that? All right, so, and then the last one, say teaching. It says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus doesn't say teaching them to know everything that I've commanded you. Teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Knowing what Jesus commanded is always meant to lead us to obeying what Jesus commanded. So we read about it, and then we do it. So, so here's a very good example. Liana isn't here. She's in, in the class. So if I tell my daughter, Liana, Liana, I'm telling you, you've got to go and clean your room. Is that a command? She, I see you looking at me like... <laughs> so like all, the young, all the young people, I was like, like shying away now. But Liana, I'm telling you to go and clean your room. That's a command, right? She's not going to say, well, Dad, 
actually, I think I'm going to have a couple of my friends over, and we're going to do a study on how it will look like when I clean my room. <laughs> right? No. I've commanded her, go and clean your room. So Tian, I said to Tian a little bit earlier, I'm going to pick on him. And I'm picking on him because, not because I know where he's at, and we all know Tian, and I've walked the wrong road with him. But if I tell Tian, Tian, where's Corlea? Okay. If I tell Tian, Tian, you have to love Corlea the way Jesus loves the church. Tian is not going to say, well, Donnie, let me get a couple of the leaders together and a couple of the guys together, and we're going to do a study on how it's going to look like if I love Corlea like Jesus loves the church. No. Ephesians 5, from verses 21, 22. You can go read up. It's not on there. But it shows us. And then the same for Corlea. Corlea, you've got to submit to Tian as the church submits to Christ. And because Tian, and Patty explained this morning, because Tian's love for God, that overflows. He wants to protect his wife. He wants to present her beautiful to Jesus. And because of that, Corlea will submit because she's protected in that. Because there's an overflow of Tian loving the Lord. And because of that, he'll love Corlea as Jesus loves the church, gave his life for the church. And so I'm sure that will come through when Roland comes back and, and explain a bit around that. But that's the thing about obedience. Knowing the, all the theology, but not obeying what God has asked us to do. It, it comes to nothing. And so, you'll have... You still have churches out there that where, where obedience will look like a thing of legalism. And so, uh, if, you go to, if you're going to go to church, you've got to have a dress very neatly and a suit and a tie, and uh, there's different rules. You've got to read your Bible. You've got to go to church every Sunday. You've got to go to community. You've got to pay your tithes, and the list goes, and it's a tick box. So listen, if I obey all these things, um, I'll be okay because of, that's legalism. If it's not from the heart, it's legalism. But what if the tick boxes are love Jesus with all your heart, all your mind, love people, love without wanting to receive back, lay down your life, love your enemies. I mean, that's controversial. The world says, take down your enemies. Jesus says, love your enemies. And so it looks a bit different because it goes from the heart to the head. And when it's in the heart, there's a genuine love. There's a genuine um, outreach. There's a genuine response. There's a genuine discipleship. See, so you're making disciples isn't done in the classroom. It's made in life, in doing life together as we live side by side inviting other believers, inviting believers that we trust into our lives and help us grow. In Judges 21-25, if you can just put it up quickly as we, as we get to the end, maybe um, the worship, uh, maybe some of the worship can just come up. 
It says, in those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as he saw fit. And so there's churches today where it's all about, the, the churches and people out there, Christians today, where the focus is more on themselves. It's about me and, and, and what I can get from coming to the church, but not about what I can give and how I can serve and how I can be a disciple. And in the book of Judges, it said those days they had no king, and everyone did as they saw fit because it was all about themselves. Let me tell you one thing. We have a king, and his name is Jesus. Can everybody say Jesus? He gave his life for you so that you can love him, so that you can obey him, so that you can go. You can baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you could teach. And I wanted to go a little bit more into that because a lot of people teach in different ways. God has given each and every single one of you different gifts, different abilities, different talents. Some is extroverts, some is introverts. Some struggle with things, with anxiety, with this, with that. And there's different ways that you can use your gifts and build that. Just like the car engines and the different tools, and the, there's different ways that God uses us to disciple. Anybody's given us that command. And I want to, I said your obedience is a result of our being saved, not the reason for us being saved. And I'm going to end up with a scripture that Andrew ended off with yesterday um, at the gathering. So if you can put up that last scripture for me. When the Son of uh, Matthew 25, 31 to 46, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on the throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. Say inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invited you in, or needed clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. 
They also will answer, Lord, when did you see we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needed clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for the one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Let's close our eyes. Father, maybe we can just all stand. Jesus, Lord, thank you that we thank you that we are here today. That we could sit under the power of your word, Lord. Well, Lord, where you say, if you love me, you will obey me. And you command us to go and make disciples, baptizing and teaching. And maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. But you've seen the word, you see that when you come to Jesus, there's freedom, you get set free from your sins, from your past. And you can actually enter into a relationship with the Father. We sang about it this morning. If that is you this morning, you say, but, but I want to be discipled. I want to become a disciple of Jesus. I want to follow you, Jesus. If there's anyone here this morning with our heads bowed, with our heads bowed, Jesus says, if you confess me, you confess me. You have an opportunity now. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I just want you to quickly raise your hand. Does anybody here this morning say, Jesus, I want to accept you as Lord and Savior? Just quickly raise your hand with our heads bowed. Okay. If you feel uncomfortable doing now, please come afterwards. Come to myself, or Johandre, or Andre. Come to one of the leaders. We'd love to pray with you. And then for the rest of us, Father, this morning, I want to create the opportunity for, for, for everyone here this morning to say that, Jesus, I want to, be, I want to be obedient to you. I want to make, I want to go, whether it's to the other side of the world or the other side of the coffee table, I want to go and do what you've commanded me. And I'm actually, and, and, and I want to baptize, and I want to teach people. As I learn, I want to teach people. And if that is you this morning, say, that is me, and I'm putting up my hands. Father, I want to continue to do this. I want to continue to grow in that. I want you to raise your hand as a declaration. Say, Lord, I want, to, I want to continue. I want to grow in this area to go and make disciples as you have called us to do. I want to be obedient to that. And if I'm struggling with it, I'm going to ask for help and how to grow in, in making disciples. And Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for every hand that is up this morning, Lord. Father, you've called us into this church called Joshua Generation Church, Lord, which has got a heart and a passion for you to serve, to obey, to go and make disciples of nations, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for what you've already done through us. But Father, this is only the beginning. As, as we obey, Lord, as people come in and they serve and they obey, Lord, you will just grow your children exponentially across this globe 
And I pray that we will be part of that vehicle, Lord. We are part of that vehicle, but that we will continue to be part of that vehicle as we search your heart and be obedient to you to go and make disciples. We pray that in your precious name. Amen.